Hi, and welcome to the Key Point Church podcast. You know, we exist, Key Point Church exists to help people know God, experience life, discover purpose, and make a difference. So lean in and listen, whether you're driving in your car or cleaning your house or at the office, we hope that this word encourages you today. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody today. Come on now. Yeah, we can have fun in church and we are going to have a blast today. I want to welcome you to Resurrection Sunday. It is a privilege. It really is a privilege to be able to be here and lead you. My wife and I, Pastor Stacy and I, uh, counted a privilege for you and your family to call Key Point Church your home. Uh, we're so grateful for our staff. It would, it, uh, it would be remiss for me not to mention our staff, our pastoral staff. We have an amazing staff, a uh, group of volunteers, not only here, but our, our campus in Fayetteville and Springdale. So come on, Key Point Church, put your hands together for our staff. Come on now, you can do better than that. Could not do it without them. <clears throat> Man, this morning when I woke up, my wife, Stacy, she looked at me and she said, you know, if you can't get excited today about church, then, then we don't need to be pastors. And you know, we are excited. And it's one thing to be excited about church, but it's another thing for your pastor to be excited about church. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's Super Bowl Sunday and I'm excited, amen? Won't you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 27, and we're gonna read an account of the crucifixion of Jesus. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 35. It says, after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Boy, did they ever miss the moment right there. I mean, just right over their heads, you know. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews, two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of the religious law and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself, so he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and we will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. Verse 45, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemme sabbathani, which means my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit. And here's where we're gonna land today. Verse 51, 
at the moment the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. The moment Jesus gave his last breath, it tells us the veil, the curtain in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. I wanna talk to you for a few moments this morning. Those who are watching online, the title of my message is the curtain was torn in two. The curtain was torn in two, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I pray that you, you, you take this word that I speak and contextualize it to every individual in this room. Let it speak exactly what they need to hear from you, Holy Spirit. Every mother, every father, every empty nester, every grandparent, every single again, every single. Lord, speak to us today so that your word can change us, Father. And Lord, we thank you that you are faithful and you are always faithful, you always win. And I thank you as a Christian, I win because of you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said. You know, when, when God plays golf, he scores a perfect 18, right? Because he's perfect. He can't do anything less. When he pitches in a game, it's a perfect game. He will never fail, amen? Come on, I need to hear amen right there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not let you down. Now, if there's ever a holiday, maybe outside of Christmas, that retailers and restaurant owners love, it is no doubt Easter, right? I mean, look at you now. I even smell all the new clothes on you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know about you, but I like to wash my clothes, especially my socks. I like to wash them, not Pastor Stacy. She likes to put those socks on right out of the, right from the store. But anyway, I smell the new clothes. Listen to this, $21.6 billion we Americans are gonna spend for this holiday. That's a lot of money right there, all right? Just on food, $6.3 billion to date. And if you have not made reservations, guess where you're gonna be going to eat today? Waffle House, all right? That's where you're going to eat. We never plan on going to Waffle House. It's the place we wind up at because we failed to get reservations. But anyway, $3.2 billion in clothes, new digs. You look mighty good today. I like this one. Today, $3 billion in candy <laughs> will be bought. A hundred million Hollow Easter bunnies are gonna be eaten today from the ears down. Now, that's how I ate them growing up. Don't know about your kids or how you did it, but I always started on the ears and worked all the way down. But if you think about it, Easter has to be much more than this holiday event or the traditions that we do as a family or hope to do. It's got to be more. And when you think about Easter, there's no doubt I would have to say the number one image that comes to someone's mind, even if they're not a Christian, has to be the cross, right? The most symbolic image whenever we think about Easter and Resurrection Sunday. And in fact, if I ever get a tattoo, look, look, don't read me wrong here, all right? But if I ever get a tattoo, I believe the first tattoo I'm gonna get is gonna be a cross because if I get to heaven and God says, I said no tattoos, you know, then at least I can go, but God, it's the cross, you know, maybe he'll forgive me. But anyway, all right, look, I'm not saying tattoos are bad, all right, that's up to you and God. But, but anyway, I'm gonna get a cross because the reason why is the cross is the symbol that everything hinges upon. It is the, the, the history, or it, this, this marks history. It's the central thing for you and I as Christ followers, everything 
hinges on the cross. And the cross meant the crucifixion of Christ, but it also meant salvation and eternal life for you and I today. And Christ could not bypass this moment. He couldn't say, God, is there any other way maybe that, that I can be the sacrificial lamb for all uh, mankind other than the cross? Is there any way? And he couldn't bypass the cross, which begs the question, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And to understand that question or the answer to that question, you gotta go all the way back to the beginning. Come on, everybody say Genesis. Those who are watching online, stay with me here. In Genesis chapter one, chapter two, God created Adam and Eve. He created man and he created woman. And the Bible tells us that they had this up and close personal relationship with one another. There was no shame. There, there, there was just the presence of God. Can you imagine that? How incredible that was, Adam and Eve fellowshipping with God and him walking with them and, and doing life with them. And God tells them, do not eat of this tree right here. We know the story. Don't eat of this tree. And if you do, it will be disobedience. And whenever you're told as a human being, whenever you're told not to do something, what's the first instinct that rises up? Hmm, I'm gonna do it. I wonder why he's telling me not to do that. And it's interesting how the enemy played on their mind right here. The enemy was there and he began to get them to doubt God's word. It's very important that you get this. Did God really say not to eat of that tree? Really? Adam, did God say that? Did Eve, did God say that? And anytime whatever voice is speaking tries to get you to question the word of God, you need to go ahead and just discount that voice, all right? Because uh, we have no room for, for our own personal interpretation of scripture. It is what it is from the beginning to the very end, all right? Amen? Did God tell you that? And they eat of the apple or whatever it was. They eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible tells us the moment that they did that, they sinned, they disobeyed God. And from that moment on, when they sinned, there was a consequence to their, to their, to their action. There was spiritual death now, and there, there was physical death as well. Romans 6.23 says it this way, for the wages of sin. The, the wages of sin is death, the wages of sin. In other words, what I earned because of, of my actions is sin, of my sin is death, and death means separation. It means separation here on this earth as well as eternity. And what took place that day was that Adam and Eve were instantly separated from the presence of God. Their relationship was severed and now a barrier stands between God and humanity. A barrier, a curtain, if you will, a veil. Have you ever been to a concert or maybe a football game and, and you wanted to get behind the barrier? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We all have this desire to maybe go back and hang out with the person that's gonna be singing or maybe the football team or the baseball team or whatever it is. But, but there's this barrier and on one side of the barrier, there's these security guards and they're protecting that which is behind the barrier and you can't cross the barrier and there's, there's separation. And that's exactly what's going on right here. And separation was not, please hear my heart today, separation was not God's intent when he created humanity. Why would God create his most prized possession and breathe life into them? 
and go, this is my best work. And then go, oh, by the way, I'm gonna put a barrier in between us so that we can't actually have a up close and personal relationship. That would be foolish to think that God would be like that. He created Adam and Eve. He created you and I with the intent for us to have a personal relationship. Now, to better understand our text that we just read in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51, referring to the veil, you, you gotta understand how God dealt with people after the fall. So after Adam and Eve disobeyed God, this, this is what he set up. So, so he said, I want, I want you, Moses, and then King Solomon, I want y'all to build this temple because I wanna be with my people, but because I'm holy, if a person got into my presence, they, they, they wouldn't be able to handle it, they would just fall dead. So I want you to create this temple, and in a temple, there were three different rooms, all right? So go with me for a moment. There was a porch or the front door, Right there, maybe a lobby like this where you'd come in and you would get ready, you would get the sacrifice that you needed for, for the atonement of your sin and then you would go to, into the meeting room. And the meeting room was there and it was very much like this. There was the word or the law was being spoken, there was worship uh, hymns taking place and then you had the Holy of Holies. And this room was where the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God resided. And one time a year, the priests would go into that room on behalf of the people and offer a sacrifice for the people so that God would forgive them of their sin. Now, understand a, a, a priest, he had these garments that he wore and he had a long robe and, and on the bottom of the robe, they had these little, little jingle bells for, for, for lack of, of time to explain exactly what they were. So wherever the priest would walk, you could hear him jingle. Ching, 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 ching. And there was a reason for that. Because if he went into the holy of holies behind the veil and wasn't totally holy, he would fall dead. Come on, who wants to sign up to be a priest in the Old Testament? I don't think so. That's why they tied a rope around his ankle. Because if they stopped hearing the bells inside the Holy of Holies, guess what? He did. Call 911. And they would pull him out. Now, if I was a priest and I had to follow someone being pulled out, I would make sure I was ceremonially clean. That's why people could not go into the presence of God. The, God's presence was behind this veil. And again, uh, that's not what God wanted. Separation from you and I was not his intent. So he promises you and I a savior. Come on, everybody say good news. He promised us a savior. He says, I'm gonna send my son Jesus and he's gonna be the one last sacrificial lamb. So once and for all, all humanity, you and I could have a relationship with me. What an amazing moment here. And the fact that God would sacrificially give up his one and only son for you and I, you know what that tells me? It tells me that God doesn't want to live without his children. Let that sink in your heart today. God doesn't want to live without you. Oh, but you don't know how much sin I've been doing over the last year. Oh, but you don't know what's happened in my life, all the mistakes I have made. I don't care. He doesn't want to live without you. And I believe there's people in this room today, maybe you're watching online, and you have discounted yourself from being a Christian because of the lifestyle you have lived 
It doesn't matter. If you repent of your sin and you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have access to your heavenly father, amen? He doesn't wanna live without you. He doesn't wanna live without you. John three seventeen says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, not to point the finger, not to condemn, but to save the world through him. And again, when he died, the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. The curtain that separated humanity, that barrier was gone, removed. See, the Bible says, and we all know that our sin gave us death, but we also know that Jesus' death gave us life. And that's what we're celebrating today, his resurrection. Romans 6, 23 says it this way, the the free gift of God is eternal life. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's a free gift. Everybody say free. I mean, it's free. I love that commercial that's been playing over the last several weeks for, for this company called Tax Act. And all they say is free, 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 free. Come and download our app. If you do our taxes through us, it'll be free, 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 free. And oh, by the way, just a little heads up. If you have not filed for your income taxes, I would encourage you to do it today, all right? Get it done, all right? (laughs) Free, free. It's free. It's free, free. And the older I get, the longer I live, I realize there is nothing free, all right? The only thing that is free is very low quality food that causes me indigestion later, right? There's nothing free in life but salvation, It is a free gift. It is free. It is a gift. And when you receive a gift, you can't take out your pocketbook and ask the person that's giving you the gift, do you take Venmo? Do you take cash, debit or credit? Because I wanna pay you for that gift. If you pay for it, it's not a gift. You see the power here? Jesus died on the cross so that you and I today could make him our Lord and Savior and receive God and walk into heaven. And it's free and all it has to be is received. And some of you in a moment are gonna receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are. You're not here by accident. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Salvation is free. We cannot pay for it. The apostle Paul said it like this in Ephesians 2 and verse 8, it is the gift of God. What a gift. God bless you. (laughs) What a gift. Now I love what verse 9 says, boy, this just blows everybody's religious ideology out of the water. It's a free gift and oh, by the way, it's not of works. It's not of works, least Anyone should boast. It's not of works. It's not of works. You can never do anything to earn salvation. On your best day, when your teeth are white as can be and you're wearing your best wardrobe, you will not be able to impress God enough to say, you know what? You are good. Come on in. It, it, It doesn't happen like that. No one will be saying in heaven, I got here because of me, myself, and I. (laughs) No one will be banging their chest, boasting. I did all the do's and I didn't do the don'ts. I was a good person. Matter of fact, I was a great person. No, no, no. That's that's not how you get to heaven. That's not how you, you, you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. In fact, everyone in heaven 
Think about it. Everyone in heaven will understand that they are there completely and totally by the gift of God's grace and mercy. There will be no boasting in heaven. That's called pride and it won't last in heaven for one second. And listen to pastor, dirt can't clean dirt. Dirty can't clean dirty. There has to be a pure agent that comes inside of me and cleans me up. And that's called Jesus, who was the only one capable of dying in my place. He was the sacrificial lamb. Colossians chapter one and verse 21 says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, that's, that's not a fun scripture to read. And I believe there's millions and millions of people alienated from God because of their evil behavior. It's not because of God. I know a lot of people say, why does a good God send people to hell? No, 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 it's not God that does that. It's, it's our choices that send us to hell, okay? And he says, you are alienated from God, but look at verse 22, here's the good news. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Whose body hung on the cross? Jesus. And he, in fact, moments before this, he wanted to make it crystal clear for everybody the way to get to God. In John chapter 14, verse six, he makes it crystal clear. He says, I am the way. I am the, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's why religion can't get you to heaven. That, that's why, why good works can't get you to heaven. That's why Buddha can't get you to heaven, nor any new age religion today or the new one that's gonna pop up tomorrow on social media. It cannot get you to heaven, it's only Jesus. And here's why the resurrection is so important. Because remember, death, death was our payment. But Jesus, he became the payment for our sin. And when Jesus resurrected, which is what we're celebrating today, Resurrection Sunday, when he resurrected today, he defeated death, amen. <laughs> he defeated death on my behalf. So now I can choose to make him my Lord and Savior and live for eternity with God in heaven. Now, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord this morning. As we close, for the next several minutes, I want you to get lock and loaded. Those who are watching online, it's the most important part of this entire one hour. You can bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. See, this is a time when we make Jesus Christ our Lord. Here at Key Point Church, we respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I believe for some of you, it's salvation. Some of you, it's salvation. And let me explain to you what that means. What does it mean that today you could possibly make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Well, it means that number one, you understand that you are a sinner. You're just born into sin. We're, we're born not perfect. No one will ever be perfect. And the consequences of my sin are death, eternal and earthly separation. There's a barrier that my sin, my, my choice is created. 
And when you give your life over to Christ, you're, you are immediately made right with your heavenly father. And that's what can happen right now. Doesn't mean that you instantly become perfect because we're still gonna sin, but it means you surrender your life. And I want you to think of it this way. Your heart has a throne on it. And on that throne, something lives. Whatever calls the shots in your life is number one. And I would suggest to make God your number one. Let him be the one that calls the shots in your life. So every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody in this room, say Jesus Christ. Come on, say Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for the cross and thank you for the resurrection. I call you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me today. Keep your head bowed. I believe people in this room prayed that prayer and you meant it. You've been, something's happening inside of you right now. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit moving on you. And I want you to do something else for me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer and that, that was your response to the Lord today, quickly around this room, I want you to raise your hand up and keep it up for a couple of seconds. Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Come on. Yeah, hands going up everywhere. Thank you, Father. That was my response, Pastor Casey. I made Jesus Christ my Lord. God is sitting on the throne of my heart. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We thank you that he suffered the cross because he chose to be that sacrificial lamb for me. Let me never forget the power of the cross and let it forever be imprinted on my heart. The compassion, the love that Jesus has for me to make a way to remove that barrier so that I can live with God in my heart for the rest of my eternal, earthly life, Father. Lord, I am so grateful for that. Let us never forget the sacrifice that you made being laid in the tomb for three days and you came back to life, Lord, to conquer death once and for all. And today I thank you, Lord, we walk in victory because of you. You took away the death of sting, the sting of death. And Lord, today I thank you that we walk free of death, Lord, we're free on this earth. And when we breathe our last breath, we'll be standing with you for eternity. And we thank you for that promise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, Key Point Church. Won't you put your hands together this morning for Jesus? Come on now. Thanks for listening. And make sure to subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also, if you're in Northwest Arkansas, check out keypoint.church online for our service times and locations. Or if you're doing church online, watch us at youtube.com slash keypointchurch. And never forget that Jesus is the key and people are the point.